Coast.com. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang, it's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. Hope your day is starting off well. And as the song says, it's a beautiful day. And it is, even though it's raining. It's a beautiful day to me. Why? Because all that snow is gone. No more snow out there. Like, literally, all of it's gone. It was all washed away by the wind, uh, by the rain, and blown away by the wind. And now we have... A fresh start for whenever the next winter storm comes in. But uh, this storm has probably been more damaging than the weekend storm. There's been a lot of uh, trees that have come down. I was kind of scrolling through social media this morning, getting ready for the program, and saw people saying, wow, I didn't realize the wind was that powerful. I saw a lot of trash blown all over the streets. So... It's better than snow. That's all. Imagine if uh, that had been the case. And also, apparently there's another storm coming in later on this week that will possibly have some thunder and lightning. Rare January thunder and lightning. That'll be exciting. I like thunderstorms. I used to be terrified of them. And... Yes, of course, all kids can be terrified of thunderstorms. But I was terrified into like my preteen years. And even maybe even into my teen years. I used to have like a, a crippling anxiety if there was a thunderstorm in the in the forecast. And once it started, I would have to find a place inside my house where there were no windows around. I had a very bad experience camping. And some electrical storms. And from that, which I don't know why we call them electrical storms. Aren't they all electrical? Isn't any lightning electrical? So why do we call it an electric storm? If it's just a thunderstorm. I don't get it. But anyway, I was in a a really bad situation when I was camping one year. We all like left the tent and got into the, the car And lightning struck the field next to where my campsite was. I, you know, probably less than 100 yards from where the tent was. Terrifying. But then one time it was a thunderstorm and I just didn't care. And from that point on, I was just magically over it. Now I love them. Now I hope for them and I sit by the window and I watch, although we still, I've mentioned this before on the air, but we still have those same things that our mom told us in our head when it comes to lightning. Don't take a shower. Stay away from the window. My mom always said, don't use the phone. Phones carry very little electric, you know, the, the, the landline phones. 
I've actually been, quote-unquote, electrocuted by a phone line before. It feels like licking a 9-volt battery. So I don't know what, what we were so concerned about. But anyway, keep that in mind. Should the thunder and lightning happen later on this week, stay away from the window, don't take a shower, stay off your landline phone, I guess. I still tease my mom about that. But we've got a lot that we can discuss today. Uh, if you would like to, if you if you missed yesterday morning, we were talking about you know, once I stepped in for Chris. He came in, he was feeling a little bit under the weather. So I, I covered for him. And we were talking about the residency requirement potentially being removed for unit C employees in New Bedford. Mayor Mitchell sent a letter to the city council requesting that they amend the ordinance to remove the residency requirement. And we talked uh, quite a bit yesterday, not only about that, but that led to a discussion about the state of the roads. And there was a lot of discussion, we'll say, spirited debate about whether or not the roads are being upgraded fast enough, we'll say. That, and Mayor Mitchell has said this before when he's been on, when he was on the, the mid-morning program with me when I was in that time slot and I've heard him say it with Chris, where this is an ongoing thing that the city is st still trying to play catch up for the fact that for decades it didn't do a good enough job of doing and yes the and, and here's here's what i think is part of the the issue here is people get things that are so ingrained in their brain about new bedford and this is i'm just using new bedford as an example but this happens to people anywhere they live but you get things that are so ingrained in your brain about the situation that when that situation starts to change, it's a combination of skepticism, if not outright disbelief, paired with impatience, paired with a almost like rebellious refusal to change your point of view. So you get so used to saying, oh, New Bedford, the roads are terrible here. Nobody takes care of the roads. Well, okay, maybe part of that is true. Maybe in the roads that you're experiencing, they still are terrible. They haven't got to those ones yet. But the second part of it, they don't take care of the roads, is factually inaccurate. The work has been done. The investment has been made. More investment is being made. $3 million in this year's fiscal year budget from city funds. Instead of just relying on the state funds, the what's it, the Chapter 90? Is that the, the roads? Instead of just de depending on the, the state funds for improving the roads, they've now put it in the budget. $3 million. which I believe is about a third of what the state gives the city, if I have the numbers remembering right in my head. And then 
And, and by the way, that's just to repair city roads. If it's a state road, the city is at the mercy of the state as to when they get things done. They can advocate for, advocate for it, but it's going to be the state that makes that decision. Also, as the city council was talking about making cuts to the mayor's budget and talking about where they could try to save the taxpayers' money, did anybody say, and we should cut that money for the roads? Everything's just fine. The state funding is getting us, but no, everybody agrees that more work needs to be done and you will see more work done this year. But you just get kind of stuck in that mindset of, well, it's New Bedford. Nothing's ever going to change. It's New Bedford. We're known for having bad roads. Well, you know, 10 years from now, you might not be saying that anymore. 10 years from now, there'll be a generation of people that say, I remember when New Bedford had bad roads. And then you'll have other generations of people that say, the roads are fine. They've always been fine. But it took the investment of the last, however long it's been, in, you know, whether it's been through Mayor Mitchell's entire tenure or not, but it's taken years of investment to start to see and, and a focus to start to see that those improvements. And we had people calling in that said, oh, it's still bad where I live or it's still bad in this area. It's still bad in that area. And then we've had other people call in and say, oh, well, they redid this area and now it's beautiful. So all I can say is if you still find that the roads are bad in a certain place, they're going to get to it. As Mayor Mitchell has said on these airwaves, there's a process, a formula of how they determine what order to go in. And that if you reach out to DPI, they can give you a rough idea of where you are on the list. But they have a, a, a determination that they make based on the usage of the road as to which ones are getting attention first. And per, perhaps they might fix a road and then have to go back and do more work to that road before they get to your road. It doesn't mean that, you know, the mayor doesn't like you. It doesn't mean that the, the DPI doesn't care about your road. Again, they have a formula that they use for it, but they will get to them. They'll get to them all. It's just going to take a while because even with an additional $3 million, as we know, that's not a whole heck of a lot of money when it comes to the, the massive scale of a project like this. One question about the future of New Bedford has been answered. New Bedford Light reporting. And, and this, I think, is indicative of the entire situation here that we haven't heard any fanfare about this yet. We haven't seen any press releases about this yet. Now, granted, I think it's because, you know, contracts haven't been signed yet. But once they are, there'll be an announcement. But New Bedford Light reports that in Monday's school committee meeting, which, by the way, I have laid out in my calendar of things that we need to focus on and, and cover this year, 
the New Bedford Schools superintendent search as something to keep an eye on, you know, in, in February and March and April based on just when these things usually shake out. Well, turns out we're not going to have to worry about that because it was decided that interim superintendent Andrew O'Leary would be given the job on a permanent basis. And Darcy Onks will be his deputy superintendent, as she's been doing on an interim basis. What a smart move by the school committee. Not wasting time, wasting money and resources in a superintendent search when they have the right person for the job here already. We talked about this when... Superintendent Thomas Anderson announced that he was leaving and O'Leary became the interim superintendent. We talked about then, and I remember, you know, discussing with the mayor, will there be a superintendent search? And he was advocating for it. He thought that even though Andrew O'Leary was a strong candidate and deserved consideration for the job, he felt that it was still important to have a search to make sure that the city was getting the best candidate. He told New Bedford Light in their reporting from Colin Hogan that he changed his mind on that, that what he saw from Andrew O'Leary and his time as the interim superintendent convinced him that he was the right person for the job. And now we have, for the first time in who knows how long, an internal hire for superintendent, a person who has been here and who understands the school department, who understands the personalities and the people involved, and who, as far as I know, is universally liked. I, I've never heard anybody say a bad word about him. As with any situation, I'm sure there's going to be some philosophical differences between him as an administrator and the union that's in charge of the educators or that represents the educators, I'm sure there'll be some friction as there is in any situation, but I've, I haven't heard anybody come out and have any personal issues or even managerial issues with Andrew O'Leary. So I think Superintendent Thomas Anderson brought back a sense of calm to that job for the most part. I know people have told me that internally it wasn't as as um, peaceful, we'll say, as, as it appeared. That there were still some issues that just didn't bubble up to the surface. But still, it's nothing compared to the tenure of his predecessor. Pia Durkin's time was very controversial. And superintendents before that... <laughs> Bonner and there's been all kinds of issues, but we have a person now that I think will bring some stability and long-term service to New Bedford. Now I've never talked to Andrew O'Leary about this, but I would, I would assume that he's not going to be the kind of guy that we've seen with some of these previous candidates where you come and take the job for a few years, you move on. especially when he knows the work that needs to be done 
leading New Bedford schools into the future, including the need to replace these aging school buildings, which he has been a whiz at getting done. He's been the one that's been overseeing that, and he's the right person to guide it forward as more changes need to be made and new schools will be built. So we can get your reaction to that as well. 508-996-0500. I'm also going to tell you a little bit later on about a wild story out of Massachusetts. A wild story. Comes out of the town of Townsend, Mass. A woman allegedly attempted to poison and kill her husband Seems common enough, right? We've all heard that story. Tried to poison her husband and kill him so she could be with a soap opera star who was probably a scammer. It's a crazy wild story. So we'll get into all of that and more. But uh, if you want to call in and chime in, 508-996-0500. Right now, though, I'm going to take my first break of the morning and we'll be right back. stories that came from Hanson was when when that video came out the I forget what the name is the little kid that's the drummer uh but he was watching the video and he was like oh who's that cute girl in our video and it turns out it was it was actually his brother because they all have that long blonde hair anyway yeah that's mbop by Hanson and now it's stuck in your head for the rest of the day and you'll be cursing me all morning long but what a what a nice song to have stuck in your head. If you got to have an earworm, have it be that one, right? Have it be one that's going to keep you happy and upbeat and smiling all day long. Hated that song when it came out. Couldn't stand it. It was everywhere. But as time has gone on, I've come to appreciate the the three minutes of peace and happiness that Hanson's Mbop can bring you in the middle of a chaotic day. So whenever anything gets you down or has it befuddled? Just say, bop, and move on. Don't, don't you do that, though, Ariel. That would be bad. If you, like, you know, lose track of thought halfway through a story, and then you're like, meh, bop. Like, don't do that. that. That would not be professional of you. I know you would never do that, but... Also, do you even know that song? You're, you're, are you, you're, I are do. you too young to even know Hanson? Um, I do know that song. I didn't grow up with Hanson, but I am familiar with that song. To be fair, nobody knows any other Hanson song except for Mbop. So, okay. except for the people who are like hardcore Hanson fans, which <laughs> they are. They I, there are some. I know some. Wow. So, all right. Well, instead of Mbop, let's get all the news of the day from Ariel Dorsey. 
the chair of the House Armed Services Committee is launching a formal investigation into Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's secret hospitalization. Republican Representative Mike Rogers began the investigation on Tuesday, saying Austin must provide information about whether he directed his staff to keep his hospitalization under wraps. Donald Trump says a president must have full immunity. Trump spoke to reporters after a federal appeals court heard arguments on whether his immune from charges he illegally tried to overturn the 2020 election. U.S. Senators Marsha Blackburn and Tom Tillis are co-sponsoring a bill to punish pro- protesters who block public roads and highways. Tennessee Republican Blackburn says the bill is in direct response to radical tactics of pro-Palestinian protesters who have intentionally blocked roads across the country. A lawsuit has been filed in Louisiana seeking to block the state's new ban on transgender health care for kids. Attorneys for five families argue that the law violates the state's constitution's rights to privacy. State lawmakers approved the ban last year. And NASA has announced delays for its upcoming Artemis II and Artemis III missions. More from Brian Shook. The agency announced Tuesday launch of the Artemis II will be pushed back from this coming November to September of 2025. That mission features four astronauts who will orbit the moon. The Artemis III mission, which aims to put humans back onto the lunar surface, now has a September 2026 launch date. NASA says testing of spacecrafts to be used in these missions has uncovered some technical problems that will require more time to address. I'm Brian Shook. Walmart is looking for artificial intelligence to help online shoppers. The retailer unveiled two new AI-powered search tools on Tuesday at the CES Tech Conference in Las Vegas. The tools are designed to help shoppers find products quicker and to automate the process of reordering frequently purchased items. In sports, the Bruins fell 43 at the Arizona Coyotes in overtime. David Pasternak, Jesper Bockvist, and Jake Dubrusk each found the back of the net. Linus Ilmark stopped 32 of the 35 shots he faced before leaving the game in overtime with an injury. Tomorrow night, the Bruins will visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Tennessee head coach Mike Vrabel was fired on Tuesday. The Patriots are rumored to be the favorite to land Vrabel if they decide to move on from Bill Belichick. And a pair of starters are questionable as the Celtics face the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. Kristaps Przingis is dealing with the right knee contusion and Drew Holiday is managing a right elbow sprain. Al Horford is also listed as questionable with a non-COVID illness. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Good to be with you, everybody, on this Wednesday morning. The rain will taper off. Windy conditions will prevail. Rhode Island reporting a strong gust of 43 miles per hour in New Bedford, 45. As we head into the afternoon hour, we could be seeing some sunshine. Temperature will fall into the 40s with cloudy skies. Overnight tonight, we're expecting dry conditions as we await the next storm system as we head into Friday overnight and Saturday. Sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci Del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app.
back in. 508-996-0500. Uh, songs from my youth. And you know what else fascinated me in my youth? The idea I had a solar-powered radio that I thought was like the coolest thing in the world. That you just left it out in the sun and it charged up and then you could take it with you to the beach, but you had it ready to go in an emergency. And you know, that technology is not that different than what people are putting on their homes today. I know there's a lot of gimmicks out there when it comes to solar. And you see the signs everywhere. You know, you're walking out of the restaurant in the lobby. They have the little box with the entry form that says things like, get a free roof when you go solar or get paid to go solar. And you see all that and you have questions. You have, how does it work? What, what's, what's the real story behind solar? Maybe you want to know whether it's better to lease or to buy if you're going to put solar on your home. Well, if you're looking for a solar company that can give you an honest assessment, the truth, the reality, you can trust Isaacson Solar. And they will tell you not every home is a good fit for solar. They might come, they're going to come out, they're going to take a look. They might say, hey, we don't know if it's worth it for you. We don't know if you're going to have enough exposure. We don't know if it's going to be something that you'll be interested in keeping long term. But the thing about Isaacson is they will be transparent with you. They're going to give you an honest conversation and simple answers to all of your questions. And if it's determined that you are a good fit for solar and you are interested in going forward, they will give you a free no obligation quote. So you have all of the information and the time that you need to consider before making your final decision. So if you are thinking about solar, if you would like to save money, if you would like to eventually get to the point where your electric bill is nothing and maybe even with the electric company has to pay you, well, visit IsaacsonSolar.com today and start the process of finding out if solar is right for you. And don't worry about days like today because you'll store it all up. And even, even today, it's not going to be nearly as bad as it's starting off. Things are going to clear out a little bit later on. So I was mentioning earlier about this wild story out of Townsend, Massachusetts. And this is, you know, we've been talking about true crime this week. This is one that I think, first of all, this has Netflix documentary all over it. Or at least, you know, maybe not its own documentary, but certainly an episode of one of those true crime series. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully nobody died. Um, but it's still, you know, you could see something on Discovery ID about this. So this woman from Townsend, Massachusetts, is facing an attempted murder charge. By the way, this comes from WCVB. Uh, after she tried to kill her husband with tainted soup. I'm sorry, allegedly tried to kill her husband with tainted soup at the urging of a person claiming to be soap opera star Thorsten K. Now, I don't know who Thorsten K is. You know what? Before I go forward with this story, because it's just going to make me wonder if I don't give you the answer and if I don't get it for myself. So Thorsten K is a German-British actor. Oh, he's been on all kinds of uh, soap operas. Patrick Thornhart on One Life to Live. 
Dr. Ian Thornhart on Port Charles. Wait a minute. Are those shows related? I thought Port Charles was related to General Hospital. Did he play this character with the same name? Zach Slater on All My Children and Ridge Forrester on The Bold and the Beautiful. So, so this person has been on multiple soap operas. But this person that was texting this woman is probably not the real Thorsten K. So uh, apparently this person scammed the woman whose name is Roxanne Doucette. This person scammed this woman out of something like $8,000. And the investigation into all this started on December 3rd when a woman contacted police with concerns her mother may have poisoned her father who was in the hospital at that point. The woman, whose name is Nicole Heath, told police that while she and her 64-year-old mother, Roxanne Doucette, were in the hospital room of her 73-year-old father, Paul Doucette, at the Neshoba Valley Medical Center, Nicole Heath saw messages on her mother's phone that she felt may have indicated poisoned her father. Her mother had been messaging someone she believed was the bold and the beautiful actor, and that person had scammed her into giving them money. Heath was making screenshots of the financial scam to give police and then saw a series of more disturbing messages. According to police documents, a message from Thorsten, please put that in quotation marks, on December 1st stated, quote, you have to get rid of your husband, honey. I need you so much. To which Roxanne Doucette replied she needed to do some thinking. Later that day at 2.34 p.m., police documents say Roxanne Doucette responded, quote, making an amazing soup Special potion. He will be hungry when he gets back. Just enough for him. And then at 4.26 p.m., she says, Hubby got back not feeling well. Maybe I can collect life insurance. Then Thorson responds, Honey, when will that be? To which she responds, I don't know or don't know. Then she called 911 at about 5.11 p.m. reporting her husband was unresponsive. He was taken to the hospital. And then when her father, I shouldn't laugh, I shouldn't laugh, but when her father regained consciousness, she asked him, about, the, the daughter asked him about what happened the day he fell ill, and he stated that his wife had made him some soup, but it wasn't very good. He stated that it tasted bitter. So police went to speak to this woman. She said she did not try to hurt her husband, but she did admit to talking via text message to a person claiming to be this Thorsten guy, and that she had recently been scammed out of $8,000. After talking to both women, officers attempted to seize Roxanne Doucette's iPhone and iPad, but she repeatedly refused. <clears throat> Excuse me. When officers tried to take her into custody for interfering with a police investigation, she kicked an officer in the crotch. So she's now charged with intimidation of a witness, resisting arrest and assault and battery on a police officer, as well as the charge of attempted murder. She then was subsequently arrested and charged with violating a protective order after sending a letter to her husband, which she was barred from doing. She claimed she would never try to poison anybody, and in fact, she gave a great, great quote to WCVB. What they say is wrong, because I'm a wonderful cook. My son's gone to culinary school. I learned from the best, my mom, and I did not try to poison my husband. She said she's no longer talking to Thorsten. Please use quotation marks around that. 
and no longer has her phone or tablet. Thorson was saying they loved me and they wanted me to be to leave my husband, but I had no intentions of leaving my husband. I love my husband very much, she said. She'll be in court tomorrow. What a crazy story. And what is the end goal of this scam here? Is the person pretending to be the soap opera character, does he really expect that this woman is going to kill her husband and then give him the life insurance money? That's a dark scam. Like I've seen all kinds of scams over the years. We get all these press releases and um, emails from police departments and DA's offices warning us about the different types of scams going around. But I don't think I've ever seen a scam where the person bilking the other person out of money was encouraging murder. Kill your husband and then I'll get the money from you. And, and how, how does this situation happen? I never can understand when people get catfished by supposed celebrities. And it happens so often. It makes me think of that meme that goes around. Where it's like, hi, this is John Carpenter, director of the film Halloween. I'm trying to get my new movie made and I need $5,000 to finish it. Can you send me $5,000? Hold on, I have Michael Myers here with me. And then the next text is, hi, this is Michael Myers. <laughs> like, it's just, no, no. That's a fictional character. How does that work? This is like the real life version of that. How do you think that somebody, and I went through it, not personally, but a friend of mine was dealing with somebody who was getting catfished by somebody pretending to be Jason Momoa and really believed, and this person that was getting catfished had been on television themselves. They'd had a TV series. They were, I guess, semi-famous, quasi-famous. And they were getting catfished by somebody pretending to be Jason Momoa to the point, you know, Aquaman, star of Game of Thrones, huge Hollywood star, to the point where she was actually posting on social media about how the two of them had secretly been married in an online ceremony and that he had left his wife Lisa Bonet for her. Now, he eventually did break up with Lisa Bonet, but... At the time, he was very much in love with her, and they, they were still together, and this whole thing was just insane, and we were watching it happen in real time and just flabbergasted by the fact that she would believe all this. But I don't... Is the, is the allure of interacting with a celebrity that intoxicating that you fall into a scammer's trap? I, I, I just don't... I don't get it. If somebody was messaging me pretending to be a celebrity, I would immediately think, first of all, that it's like somebody from their PR team before I would think that it was them. And then I'd be like, why are you messaging me? But then when they ask for money, that's when I'd be really, really concerned because no matter who the celebrity is, they probably have more money than I do. They probably are doing better than I am. They shouldn't be asking me for money.
But anyway, people fall for some things that you just have to scratch your head and say, why? I mean, everybody remembers the guy that would call into WBSM that got scammed by somebody saying that he had won Publishers Clearinghouse. So it really does happen. People really do fall for this stuff. And, and that's the thing. I could see it if it was a made-up story to try to cover for the fact that she attempted to allegedly attempted to kill her husband. But this doesn't sound like that. This sounds like she really believed that she was talking to the soap opera star. Anyway, 508-996-0500. Going to take a break and be back in a few. And 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning, Mr. Weisberg. Good morning. This call is very special going out to Cheryl. <laughs> Cheryl, girl, <laughs> I have to say this. Okay, I don't know who she is, but uh, you're not going to believe the way it went down for me. I had received bad news after I called your show yesterday morning, and uh-huh. I was really down in the dumps. I ran out of the house quickly right after I had to call, and I went. I had to go to Wyndham. I had a meeting over there. I received some news. It was terrible. I was so down on the dump, so I was practically crying driving home. So coming back from Wareham, I was just about to hit the haven. I heard you. I think it was pretty much at the end of your show when you said somebody had left a Christmas gift for me. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, my gosh. I said, somebody I don't even know. And I want Cheryl to know that after I left your office and that little Christmas bag that lifted my spirits immediately. Getting a gift after hearing bad news and getting that from a person who doesn't even know me, a, someone that thought of me, because I hadn't even gotten my gift yet from my family because I had been so sick. So I, had, I didn't know anything was there for me at all. Had I known even earlier, I probably wouldn't have picked it up right away because I was very sick. But she sent me that. A person sending, they can do the littlest thing for somebody and they can really touch somebody. Well, that touched me, Carol. I'm sorry, Carol. Cheryl. Uh, she gave me a nice little Christmas card in the bag and a package of Chevrolet chocolates that I used to like a lot. And Cheryl, they're not going to go to waste just because I'm on a, a weight loss plan. I decided I'll dole them out. There's eight in the package. I'm going to have one every Saturday morning with my morning coffee instead of breakfast. So that way my sugars won't go up too much. Uh, and Cheryl, I saved the best for last. Those scratch tickets, <laughs> girl, I won 10 bucks. I hope you hear me. I won 10 bucks. So the next time I go to put gas in my car, I'm going to throw that 10 bucks into the mix. You lifted my spirits. I can't tell you how, how much I appreciate that. And the last thing was I met you, Mr. Weisberg, for the first time. Yes. And, and, and you know, when you said that on the radio that something was there, I said I was go- almost going by there. I was almost there. And I said, what better time for me to stop in than right now? What a synchronicity, now, yeah. Oh, it was nice to see you because I, I, I thought you were a much bigger guy. I had seen pictures of you, like, from before BSM stuff you post and everything. Boy, you're, you're really, you're going to disappear at any minute, I think. You're a little guy now. I have to call you little man. <laughs> Still got a way to yeah. go. Now, listen, before I hang up, who was that guy that came to the door for us? Was that the famous Mr. Rock? That was Michael Rock, yes. Are you kidding me? I had no idea because I could have said a lot to that guy. And you know, <laughs> you know the way I am because he's been blamed for all kinds of stuff. So, boy, had I known that, he's a little guy, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's a little guy, too. He's a, he's a big CrossFit uh, enthusiast. He, he does CrossFit every oh. week. Oh, yeah, well... I don't know, but I would get it to him about one subject that I won't bring up because I know you won't like it. But don't think I'm just because I've been silent about it all this time, what happened over there. 
I'm going to bring it up to you one of these days, probably at one of the uh, meet and greet meetings where you can't run away or hang up from me. You can walk away, but you can't hang up on me. That's... <laughs> I'll get you then one of these days. So, Cheryl, before I go, because he gave me so much time, I'm very happy about that. But I want you to know you lifted my spirits. I was down on the dumps, and it made my day to think someone that doesn't even know me. God bless you, and thank you, and hope you have a happy new year. And everybody out there, okay, guys? All right, and you as see well. You later. And you have thank a good day. You. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. And, uh, yeah, see, that's that's the thing is we, we become one family here. And even though, you know, we might have phone calls that we don't get along, we're all one big family here. We all get through life together. And that's what something like talk radio can be. It can be the place where you can sound off on the things that are bothering you and get things off your chest and know that the next day that you can call in and uh, and be able to have a conversation about something completely different. And we're, we are like your family, except for the fact that you don't, you don't have to see us. <laughs> you don't have to feel obligated to see us. So, uh, but it was nice meeting Mary in person. And, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, just having that face-to-face time, you get to know who that person is, see who that person is, and then you get a better understanding. That's why we're going to try to do more of those meet-and-greet events. All right, I have to take a break. My final break of the hour. We'll be back in a few moments. Um. 